good evening to all of you who will hopefully be joining the live stream, this impromptu live stream, uh, very shortly. Uh, felt the need to come on this evening and talk about what just happened this afternoon with Senator Bernie Sanders and President Joe Biden regarding the war in Yemen. And surprisingly enough, uh, or maybe not so surprisingly, I should say, uh, Bernie Sanders was supposed to bring a resolution to the floor of the House this evening, and he didn't do it because of pressure from the Biden administration. So let's give it a minute. Hopefully some folks will come on. I know this wasn't planned or scheduled, uh, but figured some people may want to see it. You never know. I might be talking to myself. We'll see how it goes. But if you are here, smash the like button. Get this out to as many people as you can. Um, I just think it's really important to, you know, have a conversation regarding, you know, what just transpired, which I think is a lot worse than people realize. Uh, you know, the war in Yemen has been going on for, I believe, seven years now. And we're in a situation where the country is ravaged by famine. It's a never-ending war zone. People are being killed left and right every day. And this is not the first time, interestingly enough, that Senator Sanders has attempted to end this war. In fact, he did it and was very close to getting it done during the Trump administration. But Donald Trump vetoed the bill. You know, now you're in the same situation again, only it's, a you know, almost three years later, I believe, or maybe four. For, yeah, I think I think Bernie attempted to, I think the resolution for, I'm pretty sure the, the, the first resolution to end the war in Yemen uh, during the Trump administration was in 2019. I'm pretty sure it was 2019. And Bernie got it passed and Trump vetoed it. Now you have his good friend Joe, who doesn't even want to be in a situation where he's going to have to do what Donald Trump did, and that is veto a bill to end a war, a war that shouldn't exist. But the only reason it does exist, it's because it's what the Saudis want. And our economy is significantly tied to the interests of the Saudis. So Bernie decides to protect President Biden when he has no reason to protect him. There's been enough bloodshed around the world, especially in a country like Yemen. But Bernie does the political maneuver of let's not piss off the administration. Let's not piss off the normie Dems and just go along to get along. Not now. This is not a time to be going along to get along. This is the time to be taking serious action. If the Biden administration says no, you say yes. That's what you do. It may not be the politically expedient thing to do, but for God's sake, Bernie, people are desperate out here. They're desperate for anything that they can hang their hat on and say, okay, I guess we haven't been forgotten. The overwhelming majority of people in this country have had it with endless war. And no more obvious is it than in Yemen, perhaps the worst possible place in terms of the bloodshed. People think what's going on in Ukraine is bad, what might happen in Taiwan is bad, 
That is nothing compared to what has been going on in Yemen for so many years. The hundreds of thousands of people that have suffered. And yet here today, Bernie Sanders has an opportunity to make a really bold statement about where he stands. You know, last I checked, he's supposed to be a political independent. He's not supposed to be a yes man for the Democratic establishment, and especially a yes man to President Biden. And at a time where the president decided that he not only doesn't give a damn about American working people, he sure as hell doesn't give a damn about working people in foreign nations. After what President Biden did to the railroad workers in this country, he doesn't deserve any breaks. In fact, he needs his comeuppance is what he needs. I don't know who Bernie thinks he's protecting by not having this bill get to the floor for a vote. Two ways of looking at this. Did the Biden administration not want this resolution to get to the floor because they know it'll pass and then President Biden is going to have to veto it and that's going to be a political loss in his column because of how engulfed the Biden administration is in corporate money, especially Saudi oil money. This is no different than what President Trump was doing. It's six of one, half a dozen of the other. It doesn't matter which party's in power, at least regarding whether or not the, the I, I should say, I should preface this with, it has more to do with whether or not the person in question is engulfed in corporate money. The party is almost irrelevant to, this, to the cause. If the cause in this case, which is obviously, you know, oil money, control of the Middle East, it's always going to side with whichever nation is heavily funding American interests. And that, of course, is Saudi Arabia. So, of course, they don't want this war to end. We, the American people, do. Bernie Sanders certainly does. He wants to get the resolution down. And then as soon as he gets even a bit of pushback from the Biden administration, don't bring this to the floor, he immediately capitulates saying, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it in private and we'll figure out exactly what the next step is. There is no time to waste with things like this because we all know that this is just going to kick the can down the road. It's only a few weeks before the GOP takes over the House. And then every, again, it's it's like a 24-hour news cycle. Once it's gone, it's gone. And then it's going to take forever to get it back again. Bernie had an opportunity today to make a statement and he didn't make it. I have no idea what he's thinking. I really don't. And I have been the most ardent defender of Bernie Sanders for many years. It's hard to believe, but it's basically it's it's over seven years now that I have been going uh, to the mat for Bernie Sanders, for his message, for his movement. But right now, Bernie... I don't know what your plan is or what you're thinking may be coming down the pike that maybe, just maybe, Joe might not run again and you're thinking about running a third time. Don't even think about it. Because I won't fight for you. 
the way I have the last two times, and neither will hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. They won't fight for you like they used to, Bernie, because you're not fighting for them. They need you to fight right now. They need you to force the vote and get that resolution to the floor and say, we are going to end this war, regardless of what my good friend Joe is going to say about it. The hell with that shit, Bernie. It doesn't work anymore. I don't know who you think is going to listen. I don't know who the hell you're catering to. You don't want to look like Kristen Cinema at this point. You're going to box yourself into a corner and you'll have nowhere to go. Why did you even bring up that you were going to bring a resolution to the floor if you knew that there was a chance that the Biden administration would say, no. You're not doing this. Okay, okay, I won't do it. It makes you look even worse. You shouldn't have even had it even in anybody's mind at this point. Joe is not not your friend, Bernie, and he's not our friend either. He's a friend of corporate interests. That's what he's always been. No matter how many different ways corporate media tries to spin it as something else, He's not a friend at all, and he never will be. Even if you put pressure on him, he's not going to do it. Well, you know what? Then that's the way it has to be. At least fight. You fold like a cheap suit like you did during the 2020 primary. You didn't fight for it, and people needed you to fight. Why do you think they turn to somebody like Donald Trump? Because he's got balls and people like that shit. It's the American way. Even if he's leading us to a path straight to hell, it doesn't matter. We'll at least go to hell fighting. I don't know, but most people, if they have to die, are going to take the easy way out. They're going to take the quick shot. They're going to take the bullet to the brain. They're not going to take death by a thousand paper cuts. Nobody wants that. Nobody. They want yes or no. They want the truth. They want the facts. That's it. If you're going to fight, if you're going to present something to the American people that, hey, I have an anti-war message that will resonate with the American people. Hell, it might even strengthen the Democrats resolve in 24. Let's end the war in Yemen that President Trump vetoed. You could have easily made that argument. We are going to end this senseless war with, in Yemen, the Saudis are going to stop what they're doing. But no, they don't end it. And you have no argument now because you could have said President Trump vetoed the bill. I'm going to make sure that my good friend Joe signs it. That would have done wonders for Joe's approval ratings. Would have done wonders for the Democrats. Would have made them look like heroes. Nobody wants this war. Nobody. Unless you're in power and unless you're benefiting from the military industrial complex. And a lot of your colleagues are, Bernie, including the president, who, again, is not your friend. You know, as long as I've been involved in politics, it's really interesting. People can argue about a lot of different things that they can agree with, they don't agree with. But the one thing that I still am completely perplexed about that still gives me pause, that I really don't understand, 
If you know what you're doing is wrong and you know what you're doing is hurting people in the process, if not killing people in the process, I don't know how you live with yourself. I honest to God have no idea how anyone lives with themselves knowing what they're doing is hurting, if not killing people for the sake of making money. That's it's it's not narcissistic. It's sociopathic behavior because you have to be devoid of empathy. That's what a sociopath is. We know plenty of them in politics and know it don't matter what party you're in. They're on both sides. It's absolutely unbelievable that Bernie would even allow this to happen so quickly. There wasn't even an opportunity to have a discussion about it. The second he gets pushed back, the second he's pushed, he, he completely folds. Just like when he was running for president, they would ask him, do you think Joe Biden would be a good president? Or do you think Joe Biden can beat Donald Trump? Yes, I think he could beat Donald Trump. No, you say, I'm not entirely sure. I don't think we should take that chance. I've got the best chance to beat Donald Trump. We should go with me. Remember, Joe Biden didn't beat Donald Trump. Donald Trump beat Donald Trump. That's what happened. Joe Biden just sat back and let Trump completely implode, which he did. That's what happens in a pandemic. And there wasn't much that Trump would have needed to do in order to make sure he won again. But leave it, leave it to the Donald to totally screw it up. And now we're literally living through an administration that is reminding people of why they voted for Trump in the first place. We are really heading down this road again, and people are just totally not getting it. Like they don't get that we are heading for either a Trump or DeSantis presidency in less than two years. And Joe's really going to run again, which is unfreaking believable. I mean, talk about having zero energy for 24. The Democrats will have zero energy. They're not going to have a primary. They're just going to completely get out of the way for Joe. For Joe, who can't even campaign. And you're just going to get out of the way. Don't say I didn't tell you so way in advance or that Jen didn't tell you so. That Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis will be the next president, not because we want them to be, but because this is the reality. How quickly we we fall apart. It's amazing. And like I said, I, I defend Bernie all the time, all the time. I think people are way too hard on him. I don't think Bernie gets nearly enough credit for how many people in this country he woke up. He woke up a lot of people. There were people who never thought in a million years that a conversation about universal health care could ever be possible in America. Everyone thought that the labor movement was dead, completely dead, due to neoliberalism as a result of Reagan. And then ultimately as a result of Clinton and Bush. And ultimately perpetuated further by Obama. Who would have thought we would be talking about a clean energy grid, a Green New Deal, getting off of fossil fuels? Nobody captured that energy or that message 
like Bernie Sanders did. He got people believing again. His 2016 campaign is one of the greatest ever, and he should have won. And you know what? He probably did win. And that's a history lesson that we'll eventually have at some point down the road when it isn't relevant anymore. And any of the perpetrators of Sands rigging will no longer be alive, much like the Kennedy assassination. These things you don't find out about until way, way too late. But here we are, and Paul is absolutely correct, and good to see you as always. No momentum on the DNC side, no support for unions. They didn't even pass the PRO Act. And I thought the PRO Act was the best piece of legislation that Biden could have passed in his first 100 days. That should have been the priority because it would have ended right-to-work laws in the United States. You want to talk about the key to building the labor movement? That was it. That was really the key. The labor movement could have grown leaps and bounds in this country if we were able to pass the PRO Act because it would have ended right-to-work laws. It would have superseded it at the federal level over the state level. And as a Floridian, and as many people around the country I'm sure have observed, right-to-work laws are as draconian as anything can possibly be. And it's amazing how anyone thinks it's actually any good. But, you know, I know plenty of these hard-right libertarians who think it's kill or be killed, everyone's on their own. But no, we don't have it. And Joe has been anything but a friend of labor. He's been an enemy of labor. And you can't sugarcoat it. He is not a friend of labor. He is an enemy of labor. And that is how he has to. We, we can't pussyfoot around this stuff. We have to be very direct about it. The American people are desperate. And once again, their desperation was proven to be foolhardy. Because the idea that Bernie would say, we're going to end this, we're going to at least get a floor vote again on ending the war in Yemen. And he can't even get that. He caved in immediately. When people say that Bernie doesn't have the balls, it's hard to push back against that. Because what he did was complete capitulation. I don't want to hear nothing about how, oh, we're going to talk about this behind the scenes. There is nothing to talk about. Either you end this genocide or you don't. It's not mealy-mouthed. It's not, well, maybe we'll take a little bit here, a little bit there. No, either you end it or you don't end it. That's it. This has been going on for way too long. And this is also in part and parcel why I happen to be pretty conservative when it comes to crime and punishment. I am very, very libertarian left when it comes to criminal justice reform. But when it comes to crimes, like crimes against humanity, I'm as conservative as it gets. And the idea that we are going to continue to wait to do something about this is absolute insanity. Maybe Bernie does it about face and said, you know what? I thought about it and I decided I'm going to bring this to the floor for a vote. But I don't think he's going to do it. I think Bernie's just going to do what he's been doing and he's just going to cave. The problem is, is that I wouldn't mind it as much if Bernie didn't want to put up the fight anymore. But there isn't anybody else who's doing it. 
No one else. It, the idea that Bernie is the best that we've got and this is what we get, it shows you why everything's falling apart. We don't have a cohesive labor movement in this country. And labor's also in part how we end the wars. Because we know that a lot of the things that go on all around the world is all about employing as cheap laborers to get your hands on. That's why we are having, believe it or not, a crisis at the border. And it isn't just because of climate change. It's because there's people, a lot of people in this country who have finally woken up to the game that's being run on them regarding their ability to make a living wage. And they're not giving in to the multinational corporations like they used to. So what do the multinational corporations do in response? It isn't to negotiate with labor because the current president is telling multinational corporations, you don't have to negotiate with them. What's the solution? We'll just bring in people, desperate people from third world countries and put them to work for pennies on the dollar and everyone else is screwed in the process. You know what doesn't get talked about? The railroad workers get screwed and immediately Pacific Railroad has a major meeting to let their shareholders know how much they are going to profit in this final quarter and beyond. I mean, at this point, we're really just, we're just taking it on the chin. But I'll always fight. So will Jen, and so will a lot of other people in this movement. We just, again, it's, it's very hard to have leaders in this moment because very often people are only looking at one person. They gravitate towards one. It's, the, it's, it's sort of the, Sam, it's a very reasonable thought. But this also speaks to the fact that we are completely dependent on fossil fuels and we need to get off of them. Lo and behold, there's an announcement today that apparently fusion power has finally been perfected. Now, Lord knows how long it's going to take to bring it to scale, but that's amazing. You know, I remember, funny enough, playing the game SimCity that I'm sure a number of you remember. I remember that they said that fusion power, I could be wrong, I think they said fusion power was going to take until 2050 or 2100 in order for it to become the main source of energy. Uh Hey, maybe we're ahead of schedule. Lord knows we need to be at this point. But here we are on a day when, you know, we really want to be able to celebrate something as monumental as, hey, we're getting a vote right now. Uh, and lo and behold, it's not going to happen. Remember, Congress is going on winter recess Think, I think in the next couple of days. And then you're not going to hear about anything because it's all over. The GOP is getting sworn in and everything goes back to the drawing board, just like every election cycle. It's every two years. But you know what? It's the election in November. You don't get sworn until uh, until January. And then it's the whole process of getting set up. And you get through maybe one year before you're out there and you're campaigning all over again. And the whole cycle continues and you never get anything done. You think this is bad? You think not getting the resolution in Yemen is not is, is bad? How about the fact that they were one more time asked to bring the stock 
trading ban bill to the floor and they refused. Pelosi refused to bring it to the floor again. What's there to believe in? You think anything's going to happen to Sam Bankman-Fried? Maybe they will sacrifice his ass at the altar. Who the hell knows? He's just one of many in the cog of the machine. But ultimately, the people like Bankman-Fried ultimately suffer because they lose money for rich people. Now, that's a problem. Working people, the hell with them. They lose money, not our problem. But when you mess with rich people's money, that's a problem. So maybe he will go down. Will he be subpoenaed by Maxine Waters? Probably not. But the Fed's got him now. So we'll see what happens. If you guys haven't smashed the like button, please do. I just wanted to come on this evening and kind of just let everybody know what I was feeling because I devoted a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of effort to Bernie Sanders, especially during that first run in 2016. I was at it like you can't even imagine, from phone banking, canvassing, donating, from spreading the word to everyone I knew. In that moment, you know, Bernie was, you know, you, you, you wish you could have bottled that moment in time and just recreated it whenever you needed to, but you know, it, it didn't happen. You know, one of the reasons I fight so hard against Debbie Wasserman Schultz is because she's still a reminder of that open wound that is the 2016 election because she had a big hand in it and she's still sitting in a federal office when she shouldn't be. And so should a lot of other people not be where they are. Very seldom do we get real justice in this world. But all I can say to all of you in the chat that will see this, that are out there, that are aware of what we do, what we are trying to do, fighting amongst each other about what Elon Musk says, fighting amongst each other about what some content creator says, or you're never going to get anywhere. You're still on the hamster wheel. You're still circling the drain. You're never going to get anywhere if that's the energy you're putting you're putting things towards. That's not where it belongs. It belongs in the labor movement. It belongs with pushing Bernie Sanders to get the war in Yemen resolution to the floor for a vote. It takes a lot of energy, a lot of courage. And it also takes a lot of fortitude to forgive and forget to tell people that, you know what, I have a lot of, I may have a number of differences, maybe even a lot of differences with you, but I know we agree on these key issues and we should go to war together fighting the very enemies that are in our way. Corporate special interests, the major conglomerates of this country, that's what's in our way. And you know how you, be, and you, know how you beat it? You beat it with labor. History has shown the most successful revolutions, peacetime accounts, anything, that has ever come down the pike for the betterment of humanity has always come on the, on the backs of working people, on the backs of the labor movement. That's how it's going to happen. It will not happen by electing more Democrats. You elect non-corporate representatives. That's what you do. But that is a sidebar to the main topic. 
which is, of course, we're living in an oligarchic society controlled by corporate power. It owns our government. It's not up for debate anymore. It's been this way for a while, but now it's in your face. It's in your face every day, and you are going to be reminded of it every day. You are literally going to be the government's bitch until you fight back. I've been in my fair share of fights in my life, and let me tell you something. The pain of not fighting is much greater than the pain of actually being in the fight. I can assure you of that. So let's fight back. Tomorrow night, we are going to have an excellent show. Um, I'm going to botch the names, unfortunately. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to botch the lady's name. Um, I, I think Rosalind is her name. Rosalind Chesky. Uh, Rosalind Pachevsky. I did say it right. Okay. Rosalind Pachevsky and Rabbi Brant Rosen will be joining us to further discuss deconstruction of Zionism. And next Monday, we are going to have Chelsea Manning. We are also going to have Rachel Lears. Rachel Lears. She is actually the lady who directed uh, Knocking Down the House, AOC's movie. Uh, now she has a new movie uh, documentary that she has done uh, called The Hand That Feeds. Uh, so I'm uh, hoping that we can get an advanced copy and be able to watch it. Uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, and that'll be on Monday. And then, of course, next Thursday, uh, Friday, excuse me, Friday the 23rd, we will have our Festivus live stream. So that'll be a lot of fun. Rufio, I like your name. If anybody knows Rufio, they know what that's from. And for those of you who are looking for a good article to read, to really have an idea of what this is all about, I know not everybody's too gung-ho on Mr. Grimm these days because he does things that are definitely to protect squad members and such, but this is a very powerful article written by Ryan Grimm and Ken Klippenstein, two friends. Uh, they are really solid investigative reporters. Got to give them their due. Uh, Ken is hysterical. Got to give it up for him. So this article in The Intercept that was just released a couple hours ago, Bernie Sanders pulls Yemen war powers resolution amid opposition from White House. Sanders pledged to work with the Biden administration on compromise language and bring the resolution back to the floor if talks failed. There's no need for compromise language. No need. Either you end this or you don't end it. But just remember, you got a lot of blood on your hands if you don't end it. I don't know how anybody can live with themselves. I don't know how there's nobody out there calling out the Biden administration saying, no, we need to get this to the floor for a vote. I don't give a damn if it's the GOP doing it. Just somebody say something. Just say it. We don't need to fight dirty. That's not the answer. We just need to fight and we need to fight smart. And we haven't been fighting smart. Let's be honest. A lot of times people just do not fight smart. That's a big part of the problem. 
we need to be much better at how we strategize. We need to recognize that there are certain things that are worth investing in and other things that are not worth investing in. There is a level of cohesion that can happen. People need to check their egos at the door. There are labor leaders all over this country that do not lock arms or maybe just haven't had a chance to, or the network just hasn't been brought together as of yet. I also firmly believe that President Biden, with all due respect, needs to be primaried in 24. And I believe the person who should do that should be a labor leader from one of our local, perhaps a local union, or even just a labor organizer who's been helping rally a lot of these attempts at unionization at these major companies throughout the country. Whether it's Amazon, whether it's Starbucks, hopefully someday it'll be Walmart as well. That's what we need. That's where it's going to happen. If we had a really collective movement in this country, if we had hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in a collective, let's say, labor network that were working in concert and had each other's back, they could tell Bernie Sanders right now, you're going to get that freaking vote to the floor now or we're going to shut shit down in this country. That's how it happens. Carrie's right. Great to see you, Carrie. Always love to see you in the chat. Motion's right. Fight smart. Fight smart. That's what we need. And I agree. Ryan Grimm has certain people that he protects as a journalist. At least the people he's generally protecting are not nefarious corporate whores. At least he's doing that if nothing else. No, Carrie, labor needs to band together. Don't worry about unions. They'll follow. The rank and file will follow. Union bosses, they're one of the biggest impediments to progress in the whole country. And I know that better than most because that, the, the biggest union boss of them all in South Florida is who was protecting Debbie Wasserman Schultz more than anybody else when Jen ran against her for Congress. Labor and unions are not the same, but unions are certainly made up of labor and how we bring them all together is the key. That's what we need to do. In a moment like this, when everybody's down, when everybody's, you know, once again, taking another body blow to the non-corporate movement, thinking maybe we could have gotten somewhere today and we didn't. I lament the fact that Bernie Sanders didn't do what he needed to do, but I still love the guy because he woke up millions upon millions of people. We just need to accept the fact that he is not going to fight for us the way that he once did. Whatever his motivations are, they are what they are. One person can't do it alone. I agree, Paul. Especially the union in question that has been the biggest hindrance to progress in the United States, which is the AFL-CIO. And that, of course, is the union that blocked Jen Perlman from having a screening with the local unions in Broward County to protect the anti-labor representative, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. It's what it is. We got a lot of work to do. I appreciate each and every one of you who came on here tonight to hear my little rant, if you will, but I just couldn't keep it in. I once in a while need to just 
say what's on my mind and just hopefully try to bring as many people together uh, as we can. We just got to keep, you know, expanding this network. And for anybody, uh, you know, I always say, try to bring at least one person onto the show if you can that has never seen us before and kind of get an idea of what we're all about. Because what we do is not going to be popular with the algorithm. It's just not. We're not going to do clickbaity crap. It's just not who we are. Integrity is everything, even if it's limited. As always, if you're ever so inclined, patreon.com forward slash generational change. If you do like our content, we certainly appreciate any and all support you can provide us. The money that is raised for the show goes to local causes that most of, if not all of you, agree with. And that's very important. We certainly hope that's the case, Paul. We certainly hope that Fetterman will be a fighter. He'll certainly be better than Dr. Oz, but we certainly hope for the best. And as Carrie said, Bernie's the guy who woke her up. Bernie's the guy who woke me up. And I'm sure he woke up a lot of you. We can be mad at him. And we can call him out, and rightfully so. That doesn't mean we hate him. That doesn't mean that we want him to go away. It just means that you need to keep their feet to the fire. Don't do it the way others do it. Where in most cases, the way that they like to call out people is to basically throw them under the bus and say that they don't really give a damn. They're frauds, fraud squad, all of that stuff. That's not going to solve the problem. If those people are not fighting on your behalf, then you find another way. Don't make enemies where it's not necessary. Because those individuals are just looking for an opportunity, even if it is a career. Because for most, unfortunately, it is. And they will look out for their career first. You don't have to like it, but you better believe it takes a monumental effort to get there in the first place and knowing what that effort takes, it's very hard to just say, well, I did what I did, and I guess because I want to impress a few people, I'll just completely give it away. No, it's not going to work that way. The change is never going to come because of Congress. It's going to come in Congress because of the people on the outside when they eventually figure out how to lock arms together. And that's why it's all about the labor movement. And that's what we need to do. Appreciate you all for being here tonight. Smash the like button, get this out there, like, comment, subscribe, do all those wonderful things that we ask you to do all the time. It is certainly very appreciated. And we will see you later tonight. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.